Good evening, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Road to Ruin. It's our monthly show with me and Randy Larson, and we're doing this in person. And I think uh, from here on out, we're going to be trying to do these things in person on the regular, you know, with the, with the understanding that sometimes our schedules might not allow us to be face-to-face and in person. But in general, I think that's what the effort's going to be, right, Randy? Yeah, man. I hope so. I like doing this a lot better. I mean, you know, we're separated by about three hours um, of not the most convenient driving, you know, ever. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, we got the, the southern compound down here in Jersey and the uh, northern compound up in Connecticut. So we're going to try to make that work along with hopefully some episodes on the road. Well, yeah, we got a lot of plans for that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, some some of the ideas we had were uh, were things that we were probably going to do as uh, metal matters like we were, we were going to involve uh, some of your your bandmates in what in uh, come to grief yep uh, our mutual friend uh, Graham from the band uh, Barishi that was another thing we had planned and also the infamous Keith Bennett um, formerly one of the founding members of wrecking crew that's uh that that balance of, of terror record was something that we were thinking about uh, showcasing on metal matters but now now that we're doing this i think that involving keith on an episode uh and talking about wrecking crew and that record particularly i think is uh, something we should do with road to ruin yeah man i think it'd be great to sit down with keith in person and uh, talk about wrecking crew and his long uh you know career in uh, underground music yeah and that dude's got stories like you wouldn't believe i mean he uh been through you know, he's, he was he was a touring guy for a long time too, like as a crew member, and um, seen a lot of stuff come and go. Uh, when it comes to like Boston hardcore uh, history, he was one of the guys there from the beginning, really. Yeah, totally, man. And metal too. I mean that, and that's kind of the thing. Like I liked about like guys like Keith, who are, um, you know. When, when I saw his, you know, uh, Panzer Bastard is a band that Toombs has played with a couple times. And I just remember watching them play and just being like, this is kind of like what I, everything I like about music. It's like, it's got this motorhead thing, Discharge, you know, GBH, you know, like all this kind of, that kind of stuff, you know, Celtic Frost. If you, the perfect hardcore to me that's what it kind of sounds like. It's just like an amalgamation of all this like grimy, like nasty music, you know? Yeah, man, totally. They're cool. And that's his current band, which, you know, it's not a new band. They've been around for yeah, a long time. Yeah, they've been around time, for a while, yeah. I believe they're still active and, yeah. you know, doing yeah, stuff. Yeah, re- really cool band. Uh, great dude. Tons of stories. And once we can start uh, going uh, on the move with this thing, we're going to start doing these things on the road. And um, that'll add another cool component to this show. And I'm uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, me too, man. Absolutely. So today's episode, I think, really goes uh, hand in hand with the title of the show, Road to Ruin. <laughs> I was thinking about that on the drive down here, actually. Yeah, it yeah. makes a lot of sense. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Gigi Allen and um, 
the importance of Gigi Allen in, in just in the culture of underground music. And I'm even going to venture to say importance in just rock music in general in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, the Gigi story, I think, has been told, obviously, a lot. Uh, that's okay, though. We never talked about it. Uh, so, yeah, I th- and a lot of ways, I don't think he gets enough credit for the music side of it. It's always focused on, you know, the antics, the crazy shows, the drug abuse, the, you know, everyone kind of knows that story. But, like, he doesn't get enough credit for the musical side of it and the influence he's had on a lot of different people from a lot of different, you know, types of underground music. Um, as I was just saying to you before, like on the way down here, I listened to three different Gigi records, uh, and all of them are vastly different in style, you know, sonically very, very different. He's covered a lot of ground in, you know, in his musical career. So, um, yeah, it just, you know, I think that should be brought to attention that it's not just all the shock part of it was a part of it, obviously a big part of it, but there was some really uh, awesome, credible music behind a lot of it as well. Yeah, it's all different, and there's been a lot of people in and out of the bands, and you know he's been involved with like other other like anti scene, for example. Like right. He's done a bunch of stuff with them, and uh, and also just even even the transgressive nature of um, what he was doing in a lot of ways. That is what people focus on, and they kind of maybe like it would be easy for some people to see that and, and kind of just discount it as like, oh, this is just like shock. But you have to remember, um, Gigi Allen w- was was active in the, from the late 70s until he passed away in 1993 uh, making music. And during that period of time, he was, I would have to say, um, a trailblazer, like a pioneer in transgression, really, you know, and rock and roll music. From all the way back to Elvis and Little Richard and all that, you know, into the into the 70s and late 60s, you know, with the Stooges, you know, Iggy, another transgressive figure, um, you know, has been about pushing boundaries and pushing the envelope and doing things that are considered uh, possibly antisocial and outside of, of uh, what modern, you know, society deems as being uh, acceptable. So I think that in that long line of this kind of transgression, Gigi was like the, the, the logical extension of that, the logical next step in pushing things further and further into, um, you know, into this like a uh, world of, of, uh, of, you know, kind of like the, the flip side of the sunny side, you know, the dark side as opposed to the light side. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, uh, any of you guys on the, you know, streaming services for music, a lot of people, pretty much everyone does it now. There's a collection called Expose Yourself, the singles collection, 1977 to 1991. And it's a good starting point, or, or you know, even if you are familiar with Gigi already and haven't heard this collection, it starts, uh, you know, from 77 and kind of works its way through most of his uh, stylistic changes and shifts and sound. Uh, we were just listening to the first couple tracks off this before we turned the mics on and, uh, both of us have only heard this stuff for the first time today. These first couple tracks, Love Tunnel and Devil's Triangle, <laughs> and they're vastly different from where Gigi ended up. Uh, what was your comment? One of the songs had like an Isley Brothers feel? Yeah, Devil's Triangle. Or, 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 was yeah, it the yeah, second was, track? It right? was Devil's yeah, Triangle. It almost sounds like the Isley Brothers. 
the Isley Brothers with um even the guitar tone in the solo is like right out of the Isley Brothers who's that lady you know and, yeah. and uh and the first track uh Tunnel of Love or Love Tunnel uh Love Tunnel yeah, yeah. It, that's just like a like a hard rock like a 70s like hard rock song almost like a lighter Van Halen yeah like a lighter it's fast too it's actually for for that style it's actually played really the tempo is really fast on that song yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh you know, and it, like the first like four or five tracks kind of touch on that stuff, and then it gets a little into the more like straight kind of punk, almost Ramones kind of feel. But obviously, the you know the lyrical content starts to shift and get a, a way darker and uh, and more fucked up. You know, with songs like "Expose Yourself to Kids" and <laughs> "Diarrhea Blues," and you know, it, but it's a very interesting compilation. So, you know, I listened to that on the way down here. I also listened to Carnival of Excess. Oh, that that one's that one. I really enjoy that. Me too. That's, I love, yeah. love it. It's like the kind of old school country, it hopped up <laughs> feel to that one. I'm, I'm gonna go and on a, not not necessarily on a limb, but I'm gonna make a statement that I, I enjoy his like country music. I do too. You know, like Carmelita and um, yes. Tr- Troubled Troubadour is another one that's great, you know? Yeah, man. I, I love all that. Well, you know, I also, I love all that old school outlaw country stuff. I kind of grew up with that in my house. So I can relate to that. And I, I think it's awesome when those two worlds collide. I mean, it's not always awesome. But when, <laughs> when Gigi d- does it, it was, it just seems so genuine and so authentic. And like, yeah, the Carmelita uh Warren Zevon cover. Warren Zevon cover. Yeah. cover was, you know, there's many different versions of that too. There's right. like the one on Carnival of Excess is a little more hopped up with like a full band and like a pump and bass line. And then there's a couple different versions with just him and an acoustic guitar. I mean, it literally sounds like, you know, it's like half speed and it just sounds so dark. Um, it's great. So that, you know, there's that stuff. And then I listened to the classic Hated, G.G. Allen, Hated in the Nation, full title, which came out on Roar which is the label that put out, you know, the self-titled Bad Brains uh, record, the New York Thrash compilation back in the day. So, and that is very different as well. So, you know, there's a lot of ground to cover with Gigi. Uh, Musically, you know, he was just a very complex guy. And I think a lot of people look past that. Yeah, totally. And, and, um, I mean, he's done a lot of these covers too. Like Outlaw Scumfuck is like a, a, you know, David Allen co- basically a david allen co song with the different lyrics right exactly and he did the same thing with a uh, hank williams jr song oh, fuck. uh maybe family tradition it, same thing he changed the lyrics and you basically used the music from a hank jr song outlaw scumfuck both uh versions of that there's like an electric version and an acoustic version are to me are fucking classics you know what i mean it's yeah. like i don't know they're i th- you know it's funny um what when I really became very like a bigger GG fan was back when I used to play in Anodyne and um and uh, our drummer Joel Stallings from California, you know Joel, yeah, yeah. yeah. Joel was like huge GG fan, and we ended up listening to a lot of the GG Allen stuff on tour, and um and uh you know back that band wasn't wasn't all about like deli trays and hospitality and you know and, oh no and and uh you know getting massages and stuff like that it was like that was, that was like a definite uh ex- excursion into the 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 sort of darker underbelly of of touring so a lot of those songs like kind of like wrong made sense to me at the time you know and i think that uh that's when i we would just 
listen to that record all the time, man. I was like, man, this is like, I liked it. Like I've always been uh, someone who gave props to Gigi Allen and all the various bands. But I think that that life on the road uh, period of my life is really what made me appreciate him even more, I guess, you know. That was, uh, what, the late 90s? Yeah, something like yeah. 99, 2000, something like that. That's when I kind of started to get into him, too. Yeah. You know, I wasn't into Gigi from day one. You know, I started to get into punk. It was like, I always was aware of him. Yeah. But I was never, I didn't really get into the music uh, until around that same time. Well, as a kid, I was aware of him. But, you know, I, I just, it to me, it, it seems, I was a pretty fucking square kid, man. I got to be honest. <laughs> like, I, I wasn't, like, maybe, you know, I had that, that, that curiosity, but I didn't drink. I didn't, you know, party. I didn't really, I kept to myself. I didn't really, I wasn't very social, you know, and, and the friends I had that were into music that this wasn't the direction we really went into like this kind of stuff. And, you know, back in the eighties, it wasn't like everything was like available to you all the time. So you had to kind of check out what was like presented to you you know and malcolm our mutual friend who did uh you know he ran trash american style yes over in danbury um i was aware of it he all he had a lot of the gg stuff but to me it was a little too scary at the time when i was like 17 you know what i mean i know exactly what you mean that's my exact i mean the first time i ever seen physical copies of gg allen whether it was vhs tapes or cassettes or seven inches or whatever was at trash american style um, you know, it was always like, I kind of equate it to when you're young and like, you see like the porno mags yeah, like, behind yeah. the counter and you're like, well, I'd like to look at those, but what, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I don't want to get caught looking at those. Yeah. See, that was the thing. I didn't want anyone <laughs> to catch me looking at the Gigi Allen records. And then obviously I used to buy Maxim Rock and Roll all the time. And there was always, always some fucking article in Maxim Rock and Roll about, Gigi Allen or, or like an ad for like the new record he had out. And it was just so... I mean, at the time, like, I got into, like, we talked about in the last episode a little bit. I really got into kind of the clean-cut hardcore yeah, uh, pretty early on. So, like, talk about, like, a difference between, like, listening to Youth of Today and then, like, seeing, like, these Gigi Allen song titles and these photos, these, like, bleeding, covered in fucking shit. Like, right. It was, like, it was scary, you know? When I was a fucking 15, 16-year-old kid. I was like, I don't know about this. <laughs> Yeah. I would I would have to say, and this is going to sound weird, but it's like I think that like, I w- it wasn't until the '90s that I really started appreciating Gigi Allen's work as like you know as art or so or expression or creation or creativity or whatever you know what I mean. And it's like you know, and I also don't want to over intellectualize it either. You know what I mean? Like I, I I you know I'm guilty of doing that with a lot of things, but I also want to acknowledge. That I think that when I started listening to like Throbbing Gristle and, um, you know, Coil and like industrial, like that type of industrial music where they they used a lot of the same terms and there was like, you know, like scatology, you know? Yes. Which is like a fucking Coil record. It's yeah. It's like about shit, you know what I mean? And it's yes. like, yes. like that kind of, um, these taboo subjects were, were breached by like, super artsy projects like throbbing gristle and coil and all this stuff. And that's kind of like, like it, like mentally allowed me to be like, okay, well let me check this other thing out. That's like more guitar, drums, bass, you know, vocal, like punk style music. And that, that kind of like opened me up a little bit more to checking out Gigi Allen, you know? Yeah, that makes sense, man. That's uh, 
it's funny you bring up that coil record because uh some of the uh reading and research i was doing that you know one of the times he was arrested he was arrested many many times yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the times he was arrested his legal defense was like the uh scatology you know like it was it's art like, you can't arrest me for art like, <laughs> uh, this has been done before you know maybe not in that context but it's been done before and the, that term came up a lot i th- right away thought of the coil record yeah yeah totally <laughs> funny because shit plays a big role in a lot of like this st- even even yeah. uh, even when I mean, i'm gonna jump ahead and reference some stuff with uh with the allen's documentary you know and merle his brother oh yeah and his shit art <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah uh yeah so i mean the <laughs> yeah that uh the, you know that's the that throws me off a little. Obviously, like I don't want to get shit thrown at no, me. I don't no. want to buy art made of shit. Uh, but it's just more to the story than that. You know what I mean? And I mean, the, you know, you met you referenced that documentary. So we both this week took the time and watched the two uh, primary Gigi documentaries that are out there, which is Hated, which came out a while ago, uh, directed by Todd Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> who went on to do some pretty huge movies. Um, and then uh, the film you just referenced, uh, All in the Family, uh, which focuses more on Merle and Gigi, Gigi's mom, uh, Arletta. And, you know, they're kind of, they're trying, you know, growing up in their childhood. And it takes, it's a different approach than Hated for sure. Yeah, Hated, that was like Todd Phillips is like one of his early, it came out in 1993. Right. And of course, Todd Phillips went on to do old school, mostly comedies, the Hangover series, and then the Joker. The, right, right, which was a fucking huge movie. And yeah. one of your favorites. One of my favorites, man. Yeah. Super dark, just like the, right. the, everything about that film was amazing, in my opinion. The performances, the writing, the score. I love it all. Right. You know. Um, yeah. So I mean, I think he made that as like uh, hated as like a student film. Yeah. If I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we're just the kind of the. Uh, the root of this episode we was that we were watching those two documentaries and uh but there's just so much to talk about with Gigi. I don't think we're just gonna strictly talk about those documentaries, you know. Well yeah, especially since, you know, you can go and just watch the documentaries yeah. for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And they're both actually available on Tubi. Oh, they are. Oh yeah, totally. You, okay. Yeah. We we okay. you know, I, I um I was going to get the physical copies, and I probably still will get the physical copy of the Allens of uh, All in the Family. Yeah, because uh, that's just something I will, similar to Hated, I'll watch that again. You know, definitely. I've already watched. Yeah, I bought the DVD. Yeah. I've watched it three times already. So. But but in uh, you know in the spirit of trying to do my homework and get all my research done, um, I tried to find it like just streaming, and sh- sure enough, it came up on Tubi, which is like a free, like re- literally a free service yeah i have that and you i just gotta even, sign up for it didn't even so, know i had it until you mentioned it the other dude day. they got so much stuff on there yeah it's great both hated and this uh on the family are on there and um then i went into this rabbit hole there's like this uh documentary about sid vicious and nancy spongin on there that i, I watched oh okay cool it's yeah. all kinds of stuff on there all right yeah i gotta dig in a little deeper with that but yeah you know we we kind of had the idea of just rewatching these documentaries to get the to get the juices flowing about the the Gigi topic. So there's one other documentary out there called Gigi Allen, rock and roll terrorist. Heard of it. Have you seen that one? No, that one. I would add that to this, uh, triumph, make his triumvirate of Gigi Allen documentaries, because that one actually has 
more footage of the final days of day of his life, actually. Oh, uh, well, okay. I, I'll tell you this. I bought my copy of Hated a long time ago, so I don't know what's available now. But the copy I have has, you know, the documentary is only like an hour long. Right. But it has the whole, basically the whole day of the gas oh, station wow. show. Oh, okay, because that's not the version I saw I hated. With, okay, this is like another whole hour. Oh, wow, okay. From like before the show starts till the show, till the chaos after, you know, this is the last show he played before he, he died later that night. Yeah, that was and, his last day alive. Right. The version of Hate I have has a whole no- that that oh, whole wow. thing on it. Okay, all right. So I've seen that multiple times, which I mean is just utter fucking chaos. Yeah. You know? See, yeah, the I, maybe the version I saw is or the version I hated that I own is like super old. It's like it came out like you know I got that like a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, so yeah, that that's good to know. So that's out there too. Maybe I'll have to yeah. buy that version of it. And it's it's worth it because it's really you know it's kind of important to, to tell the. <laughs> the end of the story, the way it wraps up is just, it's pretty nuts, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess like maybe uh, for those out there who aren't familiar with all these like details about Gigi, it's, uh, he was born August 29th, 1956 in Lancaster. And he passed away through, uh, I guess, accidental overdose. That's the, uh, that's what they say. In New York City. Lower East Side, June 28th, 1993. And his parents were Merle Colby Allen and Arlita Gunther. And uh, Arlita passed uh, in 2019, actually. Right. Yeah. So the Allens all in the family. uh, When when did that come? When was that? Like, that must have obviously came out earlier than that. Not much earlier, though. I want to say it was early 20. 19 or 2018 the latest that hasn't been out for that long and it debuted on showtime i think it was a showtime production huh i think so yeah i know you know they go into uh she has heart problems yes documentary yeah the show she has like a pacemaker yeah she just got it put in yeah when merle comes to visit her one of the times so uh yeah they i mean they just got it in you know with she didn't pass away long after that was done Gigi allen's Given birth name is Jesus Christ Allen. And now this might be, uh, you know, his name was eventually changed to Kevin Michael, right? Right. But uh, some of the roots of why Gigi's, maybe some of his uh, issues might can be traced back to his relationship with his father. Now, apparently his dad was, uh, you know, an extremist when it came to, like, um, you know, religion and uh, was also abusive towards him and his, you know, and his brother and his mother, you know, and he, you know, there was a lot of abuse going on as a young child. With yeah, his father. I mean, they obviously touch on that, but I got a feeling there's so much more that they didn't touch there's on. There's a moment in the movie where Merle is talking, or I think it was uh, Arlita's talking about some of the abuse where the you know he basically kidnapped Gigi and was like, right. and you're thinking, and I'm like, all right, yeah, you, know, you get this sense that really there was like some really intense stuff went on. And that might explain, you know, you can draw, you can connect the dots. I, I guess is what I'm trying to say that there might have been some sexual abuse. Yeah. Um. You know, and that, and as we all know, like you know that that kind of um, trauma results in stuff that gets manifested in in you know maybe some sort of weird you know sexual stuff on its own. You know. Absolutely, and, and you know that uh, 
part of the, and I've kind of heard about this in other spots too, but they reference it in the, uh, in the all in the family documentary is that, you know, one day the father you know, was down in the base. They had a basement. They were in this cabin in New Hampshire and the basement was a dirt floor basement. The father had been down there for a while and he calls the family down, like come down. And he's got four holes down man, in the basement of their house. And they're like, this is where I'm going to, bury all of us in these holes like basically saying he's gonna murder the whole family so that's like that's like some gothic horror like, right it's almost like something like a song that nick cave would have written on murder ballads or something <laughs> right. like that you know yeah. what i mean yeah totally uh i mean just think how fucking dark that is man you know and that i was kind of you know i go into these i mean i've been a fan of Gigi for a while so nothing's really shocking to me anymore but the first time i heard that i was like well i mean that's fucking something else you know yeah, and that and that's like, you know, like you, you know, all I can think about is, uh, you know, I think you're also a, a, someone who read a lot about like serial killers and things like that. Oh yeah, I had a phase in the in the '90s where, like, was, yeah, in the '90s, yeah. murder, like serial killers were like the thing in the '90s. Yeah, yeah, I had know? a bunch of books, all different. So I, you know, I, I would similar to that, I would read about Charles Manson, which was like another one sure. of my favorite. Uh, you know, darker. You know, he's not a serial killer, but he gets lumped in with that ilk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Ted Bundy, like all these people, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer. And the common thing is that they were all sexually abused. You know, I'm going to just use Manson because he's the one that, you know, I probably have the most knowledge about. But, right. you know, you read, you read like some of the beginnings of his life and you think about like, um, you know, sexual abuse as, you know, his mother was a prostitute. I mean, Arlita seems like a wonderful lady actually yeah but the father was the dark angel in that 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 relationship for sure right right you know and then of course like that's like yeah well you know you get this guy in the hills of kentucky you know manson yeah getting abuse and that's all he knows is that you know right and uh and you know and also manson himself is a musician too you know she is um, luckily for Gigi and Merle though, the mother runs away from the father and they, they go to New Hampshire and they have like a, a semblance of, uh, you know, they have, they have, a, it seems that they have, a, they all had a good relationship actually. Yeah. It seems like she, you know, once she, she left with the kids, she had to work, uh, she references, you know, working three jobs. So she couldn't maybe be around as much as she wanted to be, which kind of led them to get into a little more mischief sure. guess, than probably a lot of kids. But, but yeah, she seemed like, you know pretty solid woman you know? right yeah and, and actually you know merle still very much you know they're still very much in each other's lives at the time of that documentary and you know and even her her recollections of Gigi, um like she would talk about you know she there was kevin and there was Gigi, right and you know kevin and her and when he was kevin <laughs> right had um you know a very loving relationship you know and also that I mean, this, once again, I don't want to over-intellectualize all this stuff, but some of the things that happen from, like, you know, like sexual trauma with young children is, like, they have a split personality, sort of, you know? Yeah. And maybe, and I know I'm going out on a limb on this stuff, but maybe that kind of is, like, what happened with Gigi Allen, where it's, like, there's Kevin and there's Gigi, you know? Gigi was, like, I guess Merle couldn't say Gigi, Jesus Christ, so she he would refer to... Gigi as Gigi right right exactly you know? and the Jesus Christ element of of was the father named him Jesus Christ right 
So, and the mother named him Kevin, right? So, the abusive, traumatic beginnings of his life resulted in Gigi. And I think that that's like, I know that's like a, you know, a very big jump, but I think that if you really dig deep into it and you do some reading and you, you take some time and you consider um, his life, that's not too far of, of a reach really, you know? No, I agree. And like, you know, uh, to back up a little bit to what you said about the split personalities, there's two scenes in the movie, one towards the middle where uh, Arletta's referencing letters yeah. that were like very violent towards his mother, exactly. how much he hated his mother, and there's really, really dark things. But then at the end of the movie, she pulls out the letter that he wrote her on Mother's Day from prison, Yeah, and it's a completely, completely different uh, perspective, and it's almost like two different people. Exactly. Um, you know, and that and the movie kind of ends on that, and it's a really sad like kind of kind of ending. And she says, you know, one day we'll be together again down at the cemetery. You know, and it's it's kind of it's a really moving. <laughs> it is, you know, it's it struck a nerve in me for sure, and it just but that really shows the the two different people. Yeah, and also it's like, you know, and and especially these days, you know, it's easy to like classify people and just make like these sweeping judgments about certain people based on perception and uh oh, this is that kind of guy, you know, and let's put him in this box and then put him away somewhere, you know. And it's like I think that the the all in the family documentary. I mean, I felt this way about Gigi for a long time actually, but but the um it forces you to see him as a person and understand the complexities of his life and understand like some of the traumatic things that he had to deal with that none of us had to. I mean, I, I grew up in like a totally normal family, so I can't relate to like, you know, my dad abusing me like that and digging graves in our basement and saying, Oh, so I'm going to kill you all and bury you here, you know? So it's like, you know, it's hard. It's like, um, it's kind of like uh, hypocritical to judge somebody because you haven't gone through experiences like that. Yeah, yeah, same here, man. I grew up and uh, I feel a pretty, you know, well-adjusted family. I never had to deal with any of those kind of things. Um, you can just imagine, you know, what that does to people. I mean, that's you're talking about extreme abuse and extreme behavior. And, uh, you know, these things don't always turn out for the best. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. You know, like I, so back in the 90s, you know, I did a lot of reading about like all that alleged satanic ritual abuse and all this kind of stuff and, you know, like abuse and implanting things in people's heads and minds and all that and, you know, how that stuff all gets manifested and a lot of this is like, yeah, like a guy like Gigi Allen and trying not, and also, you know, back in the 80s, you know, people didn't understand stuff about psychology like they do these days where it right. wasn't like, oh yeah, let's go to put them in therapy, you know, or whatever. Right. You know, back then, probably what they did, they just put you on like Prozac or not Prozac <laughs> on like Ritalin or something and just drugged you up and numbed you out and right. unleashed you on the world, really, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's come, I think things have come a long way, you know, and yeah. diagnosing the root of people's problems with that kind of stuff, you know, for sure. Um, yeah. It's, I can't even imagine. I just, you know, I can't imagine. <laughs> dealing with that kind of uh it's so you know i just I, i'm not i don't mean to laugh but it just makes me uncomfortable to think about yeah it. Like, totally you, you know, know i can't imagine my father digging my grave in the basement of my house no. i mean well so i mean and so there you have it you got you know like 
this kid, his two brothers, they love music. You know, that's probably was their escape. You know, there was they lived in some redneck town up in uh, in New Hampshire. You know, and and uh, you know, you and I are both familiar with redneck towns for sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and um, I mean, I, I'm familiar with rednecks. Like, I I grew up in a small town, and I know what it's like to be around people with like, you know, let's let's put it this way, who aren't very worldly. <laughs> yeah, it's putting it mildly. Yeah, but yeah. You I know, mean, closed-minded about certain things, and to them, you know, these guys would make these excursions into Boston, and and that's was their way of getting exposed to culture and music and stuff like that. You know. Yeah, you know, and they show some some cool footage of like some of the early gg uh bands and you know uh the first band they mentioned was called malpractice from 1976 uh i guess they existed for maybe a year to 77 where well, gg was on drums and Merle like iggy just like iggy he was a drummer right exactly yeah. yep right uh yeah and merle on bass and uh they show like a quick clip and then they show a picture of what looks to be the back cover uh, of a seven inch I can't seem to find these malpractice tracks. I don't know if this record ever really came out or not, but if, if anyone out there is listening and they can direct me to where we can find these malpractice recordings, that would be amazing. <laughs> um, you know, and then him and Merle kind of split a little bit and just kind of went their own ways musically. Um, Merle started a band called The Thrills, and he was the older brother. Yeah, he was the older brother, yeah. So the, the, it, he had the father's namesake. He was the father's right. namesake, Merle. Right. Um and, you know, as they, they touch on, uh, they were always trying to outdo each other until they eventually came together to, to play, uh, you know, together in the Murder Junkies. But uh, Merle had the band The Thrills in 79. In 81, that's when uh, Gigi started The Jabbers, uh, which, again, it's very early and has a real traditional punk feel to the music. 70s punk, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like Ramones. Yeah. yeah, like Ramones, like Stooges, you know, like maybe like a little bit of like a, like a New York Dolls kind of thing, a little bit. Maybe yeah. not so much that, but, you know, like... A little. That, a little yeah. like they should show some uh, video they made, and there's definitely a glam feel in there. A little, yeah. You know, like New York Dolls glam, not like poison. You know? Right. <laughs> not hair metal glam. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, and that's in the Jabbers is kind of where I think he kind of started the beginnings of what would become Gigi Allen. You know, it became more about him than the band. And then yeah. it just branched off from there and did a lot of records under just Gigi Allen or Gigi Allen and this band and that band. There's so many different incarnations and releases, you know. But, yeah, I think that's where it started until those guys eventually came back together. The Murder Junkies is like one of the sickest names ever, man. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. I mean, I think it's, I think it's great that uh, they're still out there doing it, you know. Actually, uh, Drew, you know, Drew Murphy, Yes. The uh, famous, uh, infamous bass player of Tombs <laughs> and Hammer Fight has played shows with the Murder Junkies. Like he was playing bass for them? No, no, no. no or, or his no, band's no, over His band. Or played with them. Yeah, his band okay. has played with the Murder Junkies on Bills. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, it's They've come around quite a bit. I mean, you know, obviously pre-COVID. Uh, and, I, and I never go. I don't know why. I think I'm going to go next time. So am come. I, dude. Just yeah. by, by watching that all in the family doc, you know, they focus on that quite a bit. Um, I'm going to go too, man. Like, I, I mean, it sounds legit, you know, like the music's cool and like, yeah, yeah it's not Gigi Allen. But I mean, you're never going to get that. Man. No. There's only no. one Gigi Allen. Like, I like that they don't go up there. I like the fact, because they say, you know, sometimes people come to the shows, they're disappointed about there's no, but like, 
Well, there's I'm, definitely it's, from what I've seen on the in the, the on the family, there are a little, little bit of antics. Well, yeah, but not. I mean, <laughs> not so much from the singer. No, 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 no. More so from Dino. From Dino, yeah, yeah. Like, you if know. you want to get like a drumstick that's been up Dino's ass, then you could go. That's some of the antics they do there. Yeah, and they they document that well in this documentary. <laughs> uh, I actually watched the documentary with my wife because she never seen it, and you know, she wasn't so into that part. But you know, I don't hey. think I'm into it either, really. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> but I mean, hey, it's good for Dino. He's making a couple bucks, hey, man, man. You know, you got, you um, know. but yeah, well, now you know. I'm intrigued. Like, you know, I want to go see him. You know, I've never seen them perform. I've never seen. I've seen Merle. I ran into Merle at a Hank Williams the Third show at CB's. And there was another show I was at that he was at, but I've never seen him perform. Me neither. Never seen Dino perform. Nope. And I, w- I want to go now. I regret not going in the past. I've, they've played Connecticut a bunch of times, and I just have never gone. I always say, yeah, I'm going to go, and I just don't go. I, I Actually, right now, since you know, at the time of this recording, uh, we're still dealing with the pandemic. Uh, there are shows being booked, tours that look like they're going to happen. But at this stage of the game, I will go see fucking anybody right now, man. Yeah, I know. I feel the same way. If there was like a Guns N' Roses cover band playing, I'd probably go see them. <laughs> and I, I mean, I like yeah. Guns N' Roses, but you know, I would. Yeah, that's still. I would see a cover band play right now. That's pushing it, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I was gonna say something like uh, Dinosaur Junior just announced the tour for the fall, you know. And uh, I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of them. Uh, they're they're cool, you know. Early stuff, I love, man. Yeah, SST stuff, and I've seen them before, but that was more so because they they did that tour with uh the band Off Keith Morris's right. band, who I, who I love, and then Rollins was with them, and he yep. introduced uh, sorry, interviewed them on stage before they played. I remember that it was really cool, you know. Uh, but now it's like I see a Dinosaur Junior tour announced, where before I'd be like, oh cool, yeah, I'm not gonna go to. That. Now I'm just like, wow, I should go, you know. <laughs> I want to go to anything. I'm with you, man. It's- I, I just got tickets for Ministry Helmet and Frontline Assembly in Philly. The show, I got tickets for the show in Philly. That's October, right? Yeah, it's like October 2021, and uh, you know, I'm uh, I, when the tickets went up, I'm like, yeah, let me let me get these. And uh, there, there's a show out in Montclair. There was one on Long Island, and then I figured the the cooler one would be to you know the one I would have the most fun at. I think would be in, in Philly because I would you know maybe catch up with some friends down there and stuff. Right, and uh, and you know get to hang out with London May, who's playing drums for for Ministry. Right. And uh, seeing Helmet again will be great. Maybe. No, nah, dude, they're always good live. I haven't seen them since the uh, Aftertaste album. Yeah, so I, I mean, can't, can't say. You know, they. Um, I don't like. I haven't liked a, a new Helmet record since like I don't know, the nineteen ninety seven or something like that. But, right. I've heard some. I've heard some of those recent records, and well, not recent, but newer records, and I didn't like what I heard. That's but they're they're always solid live, man. They always deliver. And then Frontline Assembly would be cool. Yeah, that'd yeah. be cool to see. I'd never seen them. I think originally it was supposed to be Front 242, who are in- incredible live. Yeah, I've never seen them either. Yeah. I Actually, I've never seen Ministry. Ministry's always... Ministry, I've only seen them one other time, and they were great. What, do you remember what tour that was on? Uh, it was uh, right after they did that big tour with Helmet and Sepultura, like in like 90... 96 maybe 95 96 okay so maybe so it, filth pig no it was before filth pig so it was okay. on it was on the the uh the one with uh psalm 69 it was on that tour oh okay cool that's a great time to see him yeah yeah but uh filth pig is a solid record too man. i agree i like that's the last one i kind of paid attention to that you know i i actually 
I like check out all the ministry records. There's always like, I find something on all their albums that I like, you know, and I don't really ever consider myself to be like a huge ministry fan, but I do find stuff on all their records that I think is cool. Al Jorgensen, another interesting character. <laughs> Absolutely, man. <laughs> and there's a documentary out there about him that I've seen once and that I've never seen it anywhere available ever again. Really? Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. And I want to say it came out like maybe 10 years ago. Do you think he was trying to suppress it on some level? Was there like some unflattering stuff in there? Because I imagine that dude also well, has a lot of a lot of yeah. skeletons out there, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it touched on some ground. That was pretty sketchy, but, you know, I, wasn't, I don't remember it being that bad. So I, I don't know if he's trying to suppress it or, you know, it was probably just a limited release thing and kind of a lot of these documentaries get made and just forgotten about and blow away in the wind, you know? <laughs> There's uh there's one other thing I want to mention about uh, Gigi and his his relationship with his father and uh, you know they they he was talking about the abusive stuff that he had to deal with and um and he, Gigi said that he was glad to have such an upbringing because it made him a warrior soul at an early age. Yes. So that that I think feeds into like our our hypothesis about his uh you know, like why things went so extreme in his life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, when I heard that quote too, man, it definitely, I stopped for a minute and I was like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You know, it makes, have you ever been up to the, uh, the gravesite? No, that, that seems like a little too much of a punk rock thing for me to do. Really, You know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know. I, I, like they show people taking pisses on it. Yeah. Great. I, I just I don't I don't want to fucking do that. I, I don't want to go and there might be like a piece of shit there or something. Who knows? You know. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, the the uh, All in the Family documentary kind of opens up with that kind of yeah thing. You know, and there's a you know <laughs> a quote from uh, Arletta, the mom is like, you know, you don't want people coming down from Canada pissing and shitting on your grave. I told the police I'll go down there and shoot them with my gun. <laughs> Fuck yeah, so dude. You know, and then there's the, the classic scene where Merle shows up and there's these fucking clowns and they're, you know, taking shits and pissing on the on the tombstone and uh he makes them clean it off and yeah. tells them what jerk offs they yeah. are. And then he proceeds to go down and one of the uh, little like acoustic guitar yeah. and fucking crack it over the guy's head. You know, I, and, I back and, that. <laughs> yeah, totally back it, man. And, and that's, that's kind thing. of the intro to the to the movie. And, you know, it's it just sets uh, sets it off. You know, it's I, I back that too, man. Yeah, the, you know, I never really went to any of these memorials. Like you know, like some people go to see you know Jim Morrison in France, and you know the and, other one I went to is Lovecraft. Really? Yeah, Providence. Yeah, well, no one's gonna do that at a Lovecraft thing. You know what I mean? I, I, that, that would that's cool. You know, I know how I yeah. feel about H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, I didn't take a shit. <laughs> you know, but it's like, uh, I, I saw like the statue of Phil Lynott in, in Dublin, you know. That was cool. Like, oh, there's, yeah, a, there's, yeah. a, there's a fucking monument to him. Yeah, there. yeah. I've seen, I mean, I've seen pictures of it. I haven't been there. Yeah. But, yeah, that looks amazing. I've only been to Dublin once. We did like, as an experiment that our European booking agent uh, did, he booked us a bunch of dates in Ireland. <laughs> and I was like, they were pretty, they were cool, you know. So I just like the sea. Yeah, the dude, Ireland's beautiful, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. The food, sure the food is much better than in England, man. Do you like not not no no offense to you Brits out there, but the only reason why there's good food in England is because of the Indian popula Indian and Pakistani population, really. That's good food. Yeah. You know, but Ireland, I fuck with I I fuck with Irish cuisine, man. So yeah. It's, it's good. So anyway, yeah. 
I never took a shit at uh, Gigi <laughs> Allen's grave. I never saw it. Uh, you know. No, but like you know, I. It's just fucking grave, man. You know, and that's the you thing, know? man. Like, there's like this weird detachment that a lot of people have, and and um, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, cool. This guy had this persona that he he this life that he led, you know, and like. But that doesn't mean that you have the green light to go out there and vandalize this dude's like monument. You know what I mean? It's it's uh you know, it's it's um it's just kind of fucked up, you know. And and I you know, th- there's people that he was important he was important to people, you know. He had a family and a mother and a, br- a brother who would rather not see people vandalize his gravestone and take yeah. shits on his, you know, above his body and things like that. Yeah, they actually had to remove the uh the stone, the actual headstone, and uh, I think they, they keep it in the basement of the uh, <laughs> cemetery or something like that. Yeah, it's but, uh, totally uncalled for, man. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I really like when Merle exploded that guitar in the guy's face, though. That was, you know, I like that. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, I think that he was definitely within his his rights to do something like that. And uh, on on his actual stone, it does say. Rock and roll terrorist, which is pretty badass. Well, that that's that whole stance that he has with like. There's also I, I forgot. I think it's in the hated documentary. We was talking about, um, li, you know, basically the. I guess like if you can reduce everything about Gigi Allen is like just freedom, like the, dude, a fucking free life. That's so fucking funny because that's exactly. I was thinking that on the way down here. If you could sum it up in one word, what would it be? Freedom. Yeah. That's exactly what I was saying to and, myself. Like, and one of the things I always talk about whenever anyone wants to talk to me about Gigi Allen is just like how everyone talks about, talks all this shit about wanting to, you know, be an individual and do what they want and like have freedom. But being truly free, there's in a capitalist society that we live in, there's a fucking consequence to that. Right. And that very few people. Very few people, including myself, man, are willing to take to deal with those consequences to have true freedom. Because there's a moment in Hated where Gigi's like, "Yeah, I don't have, you know." It's like, "Well, you know, man." It's like, "I, I got like a pair of pants and like a t-shirt, and that's about it," you know. And it's like, I, I don't know why I had him with a southern accent because he's from England, <laughs> but but the um, but it's like there's a lot to admire about that. Um, I had this conversation with somebody about. When I, when I lived in Washington State in the early 90s, I met these kids that were from, uh, I mean, I was a kid at the time too, really, but like, I met these young people that were close to my age uh, that were from Utah, and uh, they were living in a, a, a storage unit um, that I, I'd met up with some people to jam, play music with, and you know, similar to Florida, a lot of, a lot of places, a lot of bands in Florida rehearse in storage units down there. Right. You know what I mean? So like there was a similar vibe going on in Bellingham, Washington, where I lived for about a year. And, um, you know, they were like, you know, these like rambling, you know, rambling men. And like a young girl was with them, too. This other lady was traveling with them. They were like from Utah. They were riding the rails and, you know, they ended up here, you know, they're on this kind of like Jack Kerouac-esque, you know, Huck Finn exploration of the world. But there was like, oh, there was like a, as I got to know them better, one of them didn't have a safety net, but the others did. Right. You know, the others could have always went home. 
the other guy didn't have anywhere to go really. So there's this illusion of freedom that people want to explore, but there's always like a, um, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm including myself, man. Cause like, I'm not willing to do certain things to be free. You there's know? levels of freedom. There's levels of freedom. Yeah. And it's like, and I guess like, uh, to, to go all in the way Gigi did, you know, is, is, is like the extremity of that sort of idea. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. And that's kind of like one of the things that like attracts me to, to his music. Exactly. You know, some of his ideas anyway. It's just like, I'm the same way as you, man. Like, uh, I like to think I'm a pretty free guy in a lot of ways, but not, not even close. It's just certain things I don't want to, I don't have the, I don't have the fucking balls. Yeah. To give up and go all in, you know, like reference that scene you were talking about. He's sitting in some sketchy, looks like a motel, probably the St. Mark's or something. Yeah, yeah, fucking yeah, shithole motel in New York. And, you know, he's, he's like, everything I own's in this bag, this fucking paper bag. You know, it's probably just beer. Yeah, probably just beers <laughs> and like, and like some drugs or something like that. Right. And know? he's like, someone calls, I can go. Like, no one telling me I can't go here, I can't go there, I don't pay taxes. I ain't got a wife, I ain't got kids. And, you know, it's, it sounds fucking awesome, right? Until you start thinking about, you know, where are you going to get your next meal? Yeah. You're going to take a shower. Yep. Like, where, you know, I mean, he's not worried about taking a fucking shower. He's covered in shit and blood half the time. It's like, you know, it's like that. I mean, that is just ultimate freedom. Whether you agree with it or whatever, I mean, that is ultimate freedom, which is pretty crazy because not many people really have that. If you Thinking about this topic, the Gigi topic, man, made me think of a mutual friend of ours, Malcolm Tent. I reached out to him last night, someone we bring up often on the, this podcast. He's a bit of an icon, really. If you, if, you, if you ask me, Malcolm Tent is an icon. Absolutely. I think he shaped a lot of people's... Uh, uh, 
more more so than just what they listen to. You know, a lot of people's approach to life, uh, approach to how they look at music, how they look at underground music. Uh, a lot of, I mean, me and you bring him up uh, on all the podcasts we've done, almost every episode. Yeah, there's probably, somewhere yeah. whether it's about. Yep, it doesn't matter what it's about. Somehow, whether. You know, I bought that record there, or the first time I heard uh, the Gun Club was from Mal, or whatever it is. We both have story. He, his store was called Trash American Style, which operated for for many many years, and unfortunately closed a while ago in Danbury, Connecticut. And it was it didn't close because it was failing financially. It closed for some scumbaggery of those neighbors, the neighboring uh, business and right. his landlord. Exactly, and it was a crushing blow to me when i found out they were closing you know <laughs> yeah my, my parent i grew up like maybe i don't know 15 minutes from there just over the border of new york state and um one time i remember i was coming to visit my parents and uh it was you know i was like yeah let me stop in a trash before i go go see my folks and i stopped in there and malcolm's like oh hey man uh do me a favor put your email on this piece of paper i'm like okay and he's like <laughs> I go, what's up? He's like, you know, we're closing. I go, what the fuck, dude? And then he kind of went into the story about what happened with the store and how his his neighboring was like a print shop or something like that. Which I, I they're out of business, by the way. That place doesn't even. It's a fucking good, like a vape store now or something like that. There's a documentary out there. I think it's called "I Need That Record." Yes, I've seen that. Yeah. And it does. It's not exclusively about trash American style, but it's about independent record stores. Uh, closing and struggling and there was a nice segment in there yeah about the final days uh, of trash american style and a little bit about the history um i wish it really deserves its own documentary <sighs> totally <man. laughs> malcolm and the store yeah um but you know as we mentioned earlier uh in this episode we both would kind of look at gg records and cassettes and stuff from afar because trash always was fully stocked with gg allen stuff yes so I reached out to him, and Malcolm's also released music by Gigi Allen. Um, as well as Manson, too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, and lots of other uh, interesting stuff. Uh, which, you know, I, I, he, he was nice enough to uh, take some time last night and write a little statement. And uh, after I'm going to read this, and then after I'll touch base real quick on some of the things, you know, about Malcolm. But uh, so this is from, from Malcolm Tent. Um, I first met Gigi through selling his cassettes at Trash American Style. This was early 1987, when he was between bands and record labels. The only way he could get his music out was to make cassettes at home, sell them directly to stores. From there, it naturally evolved into releasing some of his stuff on my label, TPOS. I first met him by filming the infamous $20 poem. I'd invite you to look it up on YouTube, but it never lasts more than a few hours before it gets flagged and taken down. Gigi and I always got along well. We had a friendly working relationship. We hung out a couple times, and it was a lot of fun. We mostly talked on the phone and corresponded by mail. I found him to be absolutely consumed with getting his music heard by as many people as possible. In my opinion, the hated documentary plays it fast and loose with some of the facts. I understand that maybe Todd Phillips never intended for the movie to be seen outside of his film class, and maybe you have to take certain liberties, maybe he had to take certain liberties when writing a narrative for the film. And of course, it is an authorized biography, but still. Having said that, he got some priceless material relating to Gigi's childhood, none of which was in wide circulation at the time. 
Overall, I think All in the Family is a way better accurately portraying story that needs no embellishing. And that's from Malcolm. Now, just a little backstory, like to wrap it up with Malcolm. Malcolm is currently the bassist in the band Anti-Scene. Yeah, yeah, I knew that for yeah, he's been doing that for a while, actually. Right, yeah. another legendary band with Gigi Ties, heavy, Gigi heavy ties. Gigi Ties. Yep. Um, he plays guitar in a band called They They Hate Us. He's a solo artist. He's the former owner of Trash American Style Record Store in Danbury, Connecticut, which which we talk about all the time. He still currently runs TPOS Records. That's his label. They have a store on the Discogs site where you can get almost all the releases, the ones that are still in print, and there's a lot of releases. In 2018, he released the LP and cassette Portrait of the Artist. It's a GG collection, which is awesome. Uh, It has a lot of stuff just under the GG Allen moniker. Gigi Allen and the Southern Baptists and Gigi Allen and shrink wrap. I never heard that. Yeah. So that was a, that's the latest thing that Malcolm, but he also released a lot of uh, Gigi Allen live cassettes, seven inches. Uh, There's a lot of interesting music on the TPOS record label. Uh, Malcolm does a lot of record shows when those things happen, you know, before COVID and hopefully coming up soon. So even though Trash American Style has been gone for a while, Malcolm is more active than ever, touring, putting out records, putting out music. Uh, And he's just an incredible inspiration for me and you. Yes, absolutely. Um, So check out his store on Discogs, buy some stuff from him, keep him rolling. And thank you, Malcolm, for contributing those words. Thanks a lot, man. That that, that was like, you know, like I was telling you earlier, I wish he could have be here with us actually you know and absolutely but you bet that we're going to find him once we can travel yes and nail him down and talk to him and have like a really cool time man and and you know and actually for those of you out there who who might be new to everything went black like i have two ep- two episodes that he's done with us yeah with me i interviewed him um there was a, a show going on in danbury and i met up with him there uh, and then i also he came over to visit me one time at my, where I was living. And, um, it's funny. I, I hesitate to say my place. Cause I literally wasn't my place. I was kind of <laughs> living there. And, <laughs> and, and we had a nice conversation and hung out for a while. And, um, so you could look those up on, on the former episodes of, you know, after you listen to this, you could check, check out my conversations with, uh, Malcolm. Wasn't there also a video piece you did with Malcolm? Is there, that and, still yeah, available? That's, that's out there somewhere. Uh, okay. I'm going to, I'll, see now a lot of that stuff now that we're doing putting my intention more into everything went black our our youtube channel is going to be a lot more um active like there's going to be more stuff coming up that is actually produced and stuff like that is going to resurface again like yeah, cause that was cool yeah it was like a short little piece we did like I, you know i had these like grandiose ideas of doing documentaries and that's something i still really would like to pursue is me you know doing a documentary about the store and about him and right all that kind of stuff you know and i i I know more people now that are that have that capability to do that stuff you know and um you know that's something i'd like to get into i don't know anything about film necessarily but i yeah me neither you know i can do this i can talk to people you know um yeah one one more quick thing you know about malcolm if uh, any people out there do the facebook thing uh Give Malcolm Tent a follow because he also does these really cool Facebook Live things where he goes through records, old records, and talks about old records. And uh, it's very interactive, you know, with, with people. And it, it, he's just an interesting guy. 
you know, with a lot of great things to say about music and other things. And uh, so, yeah, check out Malcolm Tent. Yeah. And, you know, that that's a guy who's got insights into so much stuff, like like all this, you know, specific things with Gigi Allen and all that, you know. Yeah. I also think he was at one time or maybe still is the president of the Devo fan club. Wow. Yeah. That's I, cool. If not the president, he's definitely a uh, higher up, you know. Do you have any uh, particular uh, favorite GG records or, you know, lineups or songs or any of that kind of stuff? Uh, you know, it's funny. I said on the way down here, I listened to three different kind of GG collections, sla- you know, records slash collections. And it's all so different, I, and I like it all. Um, but I got, my go-to is the Carnival of Excess, the more of like the country kind of feel. Right? Yeah. But I like it all. Uh, I, I still feel like there's a lot of it I haven't heard. I wish somebody, I don't know who's in charge of the quote unquote estate. <laughs> the estate. <laughs> the estate. Probably Merle, I imagine. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know, you know, obviously they cover it in the uh, All in the Family documentary. There's still a lot of Gigi merch you can get from Merle. They make shirts and stuff and CDs. and But there, there's just so many releases with seven inches and tapes and different. I wish somehow this could all be collected come together in like i don't know a couple uh volumes or a couple box sets or a box set or something so somebody could just say here's all of the known gg allen recordings that would be incredible i mean a lot of it is on streaming services though like i'm an apple music user i know you are too and yeah. there's a lot of gg stuff on there some of it seems to come and go though sometimes you know i would just i wish there was a definitive if it was a band camp run by Merle or something with fucking everything. You know, I didn't even look to see if there was a band camp. I didn't either, but I have a feeling there's not. But you I know, I would, I, you know, Merle is like uh, an entrepreneur, man. So maybe there is. Maybe there is. I, this is a bit of info I found out too during the week. I never really realized they hated in the nation was came out on Roar cassettes. But I guess at one point too, there was a, he had a deal with Homestead Records. Oh yeah, wow, I didn't know that either. I don't know if anything was ever actually released on Homestead, but I guess he got signed to Homestead and had a meeting with uh, uh, the chief operating guy, and, and he pissed on him. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not sure if any of that music ever came out on Homestead or not, but there was some sort of working relationship agreement there at one point. I just looked up Gigi Allen, uh, Bandcamp, and Portrait of an Artist as a Public Animal comes up. That's Malcolm's, so that's Malcolm's release. Malcolm's yeah. release. So yeah, there it's that's out there if you guys want to buy the, the you know the the, da- the download you know um a lot of this stuff oh hotel claremont my whorehouse <laughs> that's got to be a reference to atlanta you know i imagine uh probably yeah um but yeah that's uh you know, to answer your question i would say my go-to is carnival of excess that's my go-to but i, I mean i like it all you know this, this so much good shit out there by him and as the years go on i dig deeper and deeper and i find more stuff i like um in particular on my on my way down here i said i listened to the uh hated record and uh as i'm stumbling here trying to find the name of the track there's a track in there called blood for you that's a good one it's a very different song it's like it's like i think it's almost like four or five minutes long and it's real slow Uh uh-huh it's just great it's it's fucking you know not for shock value or anything else uh it's just a great song and it has a different vibe than a lot of the other stuff on that record um you know and this has a lot a lot of classics bite it you scum it's a classic but uh how about you do you have like a go-to well 
Definitely Carnival Excess. I have that. You can see I have that in my list here. Um, yeah. And then uh, yeah, I would say the the it's like an EP, the um, Troubled Troubadour. Yes. Acoustics. You know, When I Die is on there and sitting in the, sitting in this room is fucking heavy. So is When I Die. So is When I Die. Super heavy them, too. You know, and it's and like, a lot of this stuff is is, you know, there's the uh, you know the songs about fighting and fucking and drugging and but there's a lot of heavy material, man. There's a lot of like. Like when I die, dude, I was that came up on the way down. And it's just like very heavy. It is, you know. Now the other one though, am I? You know, I'm going to give you guys a trigger warning here, okay? Because <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to say something that might trigger some people out there, and it might be taken out of context. But I want you all to know that this title of the 1988 release might offend some people. The title of this record is called Freaks, Faggots, Drunks, and Junkies. Yep. Now that, you know, that's a that's a bold statement in, in, in the new millennium, you know, to have a, a record called that. But it's a fucking great record, man. It is. And um it is. You know, I, I it has some of my, my favorite songs. And I'm gonna go through the names of those songs. There's a song called Caroline and Sue, <laughs> which has to do with uh um, you know, uh, gender fluid, uh, love affair between Gigi and two, maybe women and men, you know, maybe, um, wild riding's a great song. Die when you die, you're going to die. Classic. Which is a, a destroy all monsters. Basically a car, another one of those moves where he takes an, an existing song and changes the lyrics. Right. Yeah. He does. He's done that a fair amount yeah. of times. The song commit suicide is great. <laughs> and then, uh. I mentioned this earlier, Outlaw Scumfuck. Yeah, yeah. Which is basically the Dave and Alan Coe uh, song called Long Haired Redneck. And uh, I was, uh, well, he's kind of disappeared off the radar now, but uh, Hank Williams III, I was a big fan, especially of his, his early records. So I would go to see him. I've seen him a lot. I've actually, never seen Hank. Really great, man. I uh, actually seen Merle at a Hank III show. They were they were pretty tight. But uh, Hank III would always cover Outlaw Scumfuck. That yeah. would always be in the set. That was like a staple of the set. Um, it's uh, it, it's just like the song encapsulates um, a lot of the feelings that I think guys like me and you might have gone through in our lives, too. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. The, the opening line, everyone knows I'm a scumbag. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> That might be more you than me. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> you know, uh, I kind of I just popped into my head like last night when I was rewatching the docs. I uh, I got a little playlist going. You know, nice. one, one of the things about streaming services, yeah, like, just add something so you don't forget it. And uh, song that came up off of uh, "Hated in the Nation," "Sluts in the City," yeah, with a female backup vocals. Yep. Once again, oh, I didn't give my trigger warning. Yeah, that's a trigger. That hey, might be a trigger warning. For yeah. Some well, people. you know, get over it. Yeah. Uh, that's a great one. And also from Carnival of Excess, The Snake Man. Another great one. Oh, isn't that have a, a isn't there like some more to that title too? Like something about being hard or something like that? Or, uh, I don't know. Anyway, maybe. I don't know. Uh, uh, Watch Me Kill. <laughs> that is on there too. And that stems, I believe, from the footage that he's doing like a spoken word performance in Boston. And there's some heckling from the crowd, and he, you know, says, "Come on up here," and it's a, it's a, it's a woman, yeah. And he proceeds to fucking, you know, throw her on the ground, and then all hell breaks loose, of course. But there's a line in there: "Watch me kill the Boston girl," and yep. I believe that is directed, you know, right from that incident. I believe, yeah. I'm not 100 percent sure of that. 
you know, and like I, you know, I don't condone violence against women. Of course, I, not. absolutely not. You know, but but you know it, that that's and that's the thing. It's like well, f- well, one thing about that space that that was shot in. That's in that footage is in hated. That's the uh, the Alston Mall. Oh, okay. you know where that is. I know exactly where that is. Okay, like when I lived in Boston back in the nineties, and I, it's funny. I was I was thinking about this recently, man, and 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 I was like thinking about how cool that place was because, um. There was a bookstore called Primal Plunge, which I think had to do had something to do with booking that um, that event. Actually, uh, Radio Free Boston. There was like a pirate radio station that broadcasted out of the Alston Mall. Okay. Then there was a uh, a piercing place that was up there. There was like this little like like it was I don't know like a ha- basically it was a hallway that was like upstairs, and the first floor was like. Uh, all like retail you know what i mean like there was like um you know like a a convenience like a little convenience store like hole in a wall kind of place and i remember the convenience store i, I went in there a couple because i used to live in that area and there was like a, always a pile of these like heavily thumbed through porno mags <laughs> like they weren't even new they were just like a pile of them on the count on this counter where you go in there and there'd be like a coffee maker and then there was like a pile of like porno magazines were they for sale I imagine they were, but it looked like people just looked through them, you know. And then uh, you go up. I think Discovery, Discovery, which was like a secondhand store, was on on the first floor. And there might have been like uh, Rangoli, like an Indian restaurant, was down there. And then upstairs was the Austin Mall, and that was where uh, that event took place. Okay. And at the time I lived there, which is like a few years after that, because that happened in like '91. I hadn't moved to Boston at right. that point. In the you can see in the corner a doorway, and that would that doorway would become um, this video store that uh, this guy Will ran. That was like fuck underground video or something like that. It was just like he would rent movies, and they were totally like unlicensed like <laughs> stuff in there, and it was just like the fucking best place in the world. I would go, I would spend hours in there just talking to Will. And like, I would rent all these like bizarre like VHS tapes there. He had all the good shit. Great stuff, man. Yeah. You know, I'd come I'd come back to the the apartment with all kinds of like bizarre like weird you know obscure horror films and right. You know, and then there was also like legit you know regular mainstream shit in there too. But it was just basically the guy's like video dub collection of stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. He had a lot of like like. Uh, music related stuff and like concert things and you know stuff like that too in there but but also he was just like a cool guy right 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 um yeah that's a that's a yeah that's a pretty brutal scene you know he's drag drags the girl down by the hair and then he proceeds to get jumped by a bunch of other guys and yeah i mean you know that's another i think they could have beat him up a little bit better than they did though those guys that jumped him really yeah they looked looked a little soft it was like a little (laughs) half-assed attempt at like beating him down (laughs) Especially in Boston, a town which is known for violence. He, Gigi in that scene, he looks a little uh, extra uh, gristled. He's got the beard. The beard. I, it's like one of the only uh, times I've ever seen him with like a full beard. Yeah. He just looks so fucking gnarly. He looks more like a biker. Yeah, he's got you this know? real biker vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking. But you know, there's and uh, some more reading I was doing this week, just online or whatever. I mean, I guess he was brought up, you know, on on charges. Uh, sexual assault charges and stuff like that. Apparently, 
locked some girl in a hotel room and was burning her with cigarettes. And you know, yeah. and it's his side of the story and her side of the story, and people are conflicted. Some people believe her, some people believe him. I guess, you know, this this girl they're talking about, you know, there's some unflattering things about her as well. It wasn't like she was <laughs> innocent in all this, I don't think. But like, uh, who knows? But you know, that's one sided Gigi. Obviously, neither one of us agree with sexual assault or violence against well, that, anybody. Well, that, that, that's a good point. This is an interesting yeah. point of the conversation, too, because it's like, you know, the fact of the matter is that, yeah, these are crimes, right. you know, and, and like um, as much as like, you know, we all like to vicariously live through the total freedom, the things we just gave him a lot of respect for living a totally free life. These are like crimes and there's consequences to those crimes and that's not something I'm like, oh, man, look how cool it is that he went out and beat all these people up. It's like, I'm not into that sexual abuse no. or rape or whatever. That's definitely not something we support. But like, on the other hand, though, you there's like guys like Norman Mailer, you know, who are has a you know he's got a, a dodgy like path past, you know. Right. Yet people still give him credit for the great writing he's done. You know, there's all sorts of like creative people out there who have, I mean, hell, Burroughs fucking. Didn't he murder his wife or something like that, you know? Well, yeah, this is the age-old conversation of separating the art yeah. from the artist, which I think 99.9% of the time, I don't have a problem doing. Yeah, and that's what I guess we're, we're, the point I'm trying to make, though, is that, like, you know, I just want to accept the world in its stark reality. You know, they, people use that term warts and all, where it's like right. the good, the bad, the indifferent. I think everything is, like, open for analysis and you can you can draw your own conclusions based on your own intelligence and whatever level that you character you have you know and that's kind of how i i see gg allen and i'm not trying to i'm not justifying anything either man i'm saying like look you know the guy definitely had a lot of fucked up shit that he did which i don't agree with which i think if you're gonna go to jail he went to jail right he paid his fucking due to society and a few times a few times so it's like and you know know, with it there's obviously a lot of uh, sexual uh, things going on in in his work. Sexual misconduct, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's it's interesting though because he had a bit of a relationship, more so letter writing than anything else, with John Wayne Gacy. And as a matter of fact, when you put in "hated," the opening thing that comes up is a quote from John Wayne Gacy, and the quote is: "Gigi is an entertainer with his message to a sick society. He makes us look at it for what we really are." The human is just another animal who is able to speak out freely, to express himself clearly. Make no mistake about it. Behind what he does is a brain. And there's also people in that documentary that allude to the conversations John Wayne Gacy and Gigi had always ended up being about, you know, unpleasant things. Like maybe tying up little boys and, you know, things we don't condone. (laughs) But these are just facts uh, of what happened. Yeah, and I think that like we're we're in like a very um, pivotal point in our society where where it's like, you know, I mean, even Bernie Sanders recently went out and talked about how he doesn't think that banning Donald Trump from, from Twitter was is a good idea, right? You know, and I think, I mean, you know, Bernie, I you know, I I would have voted for Bernie if he would ran for president. I supported him, you know, during during his years, and I I think he's a, a incredible person, and he's as liberal as you can get, man. Yep. And he's one of those guys who's like, yeah, he's old school in that sense where it's like, I don't, you don't have to agree with everything, but people have, 
they shouldn't be silenced. They shouldn't be marginalized. You know, I just think that the their the content of what they're doing, if in a, in, in a society, will marginalize itself in a lot of ways. Which you know, in some ways, Gigi Allen, you know, more, he's not like you know Van Halen or something like right. that. You know what I mean? It's like. Right. It's a marginal type of thing that he's done, and it's only for really a very fringe group of people, you right? Know? And uh, yeah, yeah, that's a whole yeah, that's a whole dicey thing, like the, I mean, basically censoring people, which I'm not for at all. I mean, I fucking hate Donald Trump, and yeah, I'm, and a huge part of me is glad he was fucking silenced because he's such a fucking shithead. But at the end of the day, is that the right thing to do? Because I mean, there's a lot of things that have been, I mean, me and you have been directly involved in things that have, tours have been canceled and bands have been, you know, canceling is like the, the, the yeah, term. Yeah, that's the term now. I wasn't so much using it in that context, but that's that's what it's become. And I, I mean, you both like a lot of outsider art and fringe art that a lot of people probably look at and they're offended by or whatever. But like, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's such a, it's such a complicated thing. Um, I mean, the guy was the fucking president, you know, spewing lies fucking day after day. So what do you do? What do you do in that? But at the end of the day, what Bernie Sanders said, he's probably right. Yeah. He probably shouldn't have been silenced. I have to say, I am much more comfortable knowing that (laughs) that Trump is, is, is banned off of, uh, me too, Twitter, but I'm not, I don't know if that was the right decision. Right. And that's, I kind of feel the same way. I'm glad it happened, but at the end of the day, is that just a license now for fucking everything to get shut down and cancel? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer. And that's kind of the overarching thing is like, you know, like. I just hope our society doesn't go down this path where people can arbitrarily start just pulling things down, which they it kind of is there already, right. really. Right. And it was starting to happen even before Trump, yeah. honestly. Yeah, well, definitely it was, you know. And, and like, I just think that, like, I think, um, you know, we're talking about Malcolm and me and you and, and, you know, Gigi Allen and all this stuff and the culture that we came from where you can go and buy cassettes and things like that and find all this, like, really bizarre stuff you know, that that's definitely not politically correct in a lot of people's eyes, and it'll be offensive, and some people will get their feelings hurt, you know, and all that stuff. But it's like, I think that the world needs to be a place like that, where you can find things that are outside of your comfort zone that you can evaluate on your own and not just be taboo and not be, like, taken away from you. And even back then, honestly, back in, it was a much more per- permissive society in some ways. It still felt taboo just in and of itself you know what i mean right yeah yeah i agree man i agree you know yeah that's a whole other yeah we could go down a whole rabbit yeah. hole of that stuff but, but i think it's important <laughs> to talk about that you know since we're doing an episode on Gigi. it is right you know, it, 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 a guy who probably would be canceled in this culture i was gonna yeah well that's what i was gonna go next could any most of these records these songs could he even exist could he even exist even living by his own law like he lived could he could he could he exist? Would people book shows? Would people? It was hard enough back then. Would it ever even happen now? Could it? Could it even happen now? I mean, I don't think. I don't know. I don't think it could. Yeah, who knows, man? I mean, I mean, back then in the in in that period of time, it was the wild west in a lot of ways. Well, I was gonna say, doesn't it seem like a hundred years ago? It does. It doesn't seem like twenty years ago or thirty. It seems like a hundred years ago. Like yeah. The difference between well, what could be consumed. 
you just you either consume it or you don't. It's really that simple. Like now it's people are choosing what you consume. Like we've, we talked about before, like in, in private, like it used to be like we were worried about the government censoring shit. Now it's like people that are in some ways like-minded people to us that are censoring things because this side of the underground doesn't like this. And it's just, it's so fucked. I just think that you should be able to do what you want as long as no one gets hurt and you're not breaking any laws really, you know? Same here. As long as you're not hurting somebody else. Yeah. You're free to do whatever the fuck you want. In my I book. mean, not too far away from that where that last Gigi show was, there's a bookstore called See Here. That, oh, yeah. Remember that place? Legendary, yeah. They had every possible thing you can imagine in that bookstore. Magazines, like like weird national socialist stuff in there, and like bizarre like NAMBLA literature. Yeah, and it, it was up to you what you want to look at, right? And the guys who ran it were like these kind of commie, like, like liberal, like, you know, hippie-esque type people, you know? And they weren't, but they were just like, hey, this is the world. We're not judging anyone, you know? This is all stuff that's legal, available legally, and, like, you decide what you want to consume. Right. You know, and it's on you. You take responsibility for yourself. I'm not going to censor things and, and tell you that, well, I'm, I'm making a decision for you because I don't think that you have... But you're basically saying that you don't have enough responsibility for yourself to to be to not be corrupted by these things. Yeah, and it's almost turned into you know, it's like I equate it to how like these religions are. Yeah, you're bad if you do this. You're bad if you watch this. You're bad if you you know. And I'm not into that, man. Fuck that. You know, and it, and it also it, it's like this this idea of like, well, you know, this stuff is going to corrupt you and turn you into like. A white, you know, white supremacist or something because right. it's there. Right. If you have those ideas, you're going to find it anyway. Yeah. You know, if you want to belong to Nambla, you're going to find you're going to find Nambla. You're not going to like having that magazine there isn't going to like you know enable you or isn't going to make you a, you know a kid child child molester you know or something. Well, you know, we you know we brought up Trash American Style, which was a record store, but there's a lot of other there's reading material in there, yeah. there's clothes, there's all kinds of fucking shit in there and then like you brought up that video store and then you just brought up see here there was also a store in providence which i've been trying to think of the name of and i can't but it was it was like a zine slash bookstore yeah i think i never i never i never been and, uh, there but yeah i know what you're talking about in a lot of ways man like I, that's what kind of society is missing now yes places like yeah you can look up any of this shit on the internet right but like you can't go to a place and talk to somebody face to face you know, who knows about some of these things. Like, it's just like that community aspect of it has been taken away and it's kind of created a divide amongst people. I always feel like if you, you can see someone face to face, sit down and have a conversation about something. Sure. At the end of the day, you can both walk away from it, maybe being a little enlightened on both sides or at least understand why you feel that. You know, now everything is just like, I'm going to post this on social media. Right away, you know, someone has a concrete opinion and that's it. And it sucks, man. It like, does suck. The community aspect of hanging out in a video store, hanging out in a record store, or a weirdo bookstore, like, I think that's really, it's, it's, it sucks a lot more than I think people realize it sucks. It, it's really stripped away, like, uh, the intimate conversations people would have about things. And, and uh, it's just created this, like, everything's black and white now. It also would probably, um, you know, it would it would curtail some of the um, flash judgments people make on each other too. You know? Absolutely, I mean, yeah, I guess I didn't articulate it very well, but that was 
what yeah. I was thinking as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people like have these like, oh, you're one of these guys. You're you're like a MAGA guy or whatever. Or you're you're this person. You're oh, you're you're a snowflake. You know, whatever. Right. right. You're in Antifa or whatever. You know, it's like. <laughs> you know, Everything's painted with such a broad. Yeah, these broad now. strokes. It's like, it's like yeah. well, no, I'm not an Antifa, but I think Donald Trump's a pig. You know, or whatever, or like. Right. Uh, you know, like, uh, or, or whatever, whatever the other side would say. You know, it's like. You know, you, there's everyone makes these sweeping judgments these days because there's no interpersonal connection anymore. And, yeah, and that somehow relates to all this stuff we were talking about. I feel, but it does. It kind of almost comes back to the freedom aspect of it, you know, in a, in a in a different way. But it still relates to what we're talking about, you know. Right on, man. Well, that's you know, I think that's uh, that's that's the fucking show for this week, man. Yeah, man. I just like to close it out with a you know a quote from Gigi. Uh, My rock and roll is more not to entertain, but to annihilate. And I think you know his mission was accomplished. And uh, you actually uh, texted me uh, an amazing quote, which I didn't write down. I don't know if you remember it. In the immortal words of Gigi Allen, my mission goes to the end. And with that, I leave everyone. I hope everyone's doing well. And I'll talk to you next week. And